Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. On today's show, Tales from Rivalry Weekend, Mike Leach goes to In-N-Out Burger, free the Razorback Romeos, And what exactly did happen in the bathroom of Willie's Chicken Shack of New Orleans? Welcome to the Yahoo Sports College podcast. Happy Thanksgiving. Dan Wetzel joined by Pat Forty, Pete Thamel. Hopefully you are listening this en route to time with family, or more importantly, friends, because sometimes family gets annoying. Uh, or maybe on to a weekend game, drive safe. People ask me if I'm going out of town for Thanksgiving. I say, no, the liquor store is just two blocks away. (laughs) 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 I really need a, really need a bad stand-up routine, right? This is what this (laughs) podcast allows for. (laughs) Try the veal. (laughs) (laughs) Tip your waiters. (laughs) All right. This is the best week of the year, in my opinion. Uh, Just the sheer scope of games that matter. You can pretty much flip on anything this weekend, and there will be spite and desperation, right? You stumble into South Dakota, South Dakota State, and they're going at it. Uh, now, the big one for this purpose, for the for the entire playoff run and everything, is the 115th meeting of Michigan and Ohio State. Now, we discussed a lot of this in the overreaction podcast, so I don't want to get too back into it, um, but obviously – uh, winner goes to 11-1 and takes the Big Ten East. I think if Michigan wins out and Georgia doesn't upset Alabama, the Wolverines are in the playoff. I am not sure if Ohio State can get there, even if they make it to 12-1 and beat Ohio uh, Northwestern in Indy. But this is huge. Uh, we talked a lot about Urban Meyer Monday, so let's shift it to Jim Harbaugh. The, uh, they are calling this season the, quote, revenge tour, unquote, in Ann Arbor. As the Wolverines settle all family business, except for that Notre Dame game. But that was so long ago, and Michigan fans are so drunk on success right now, I think they forgot. Uh, To his credit, Harbaugh has embraced the revenge tour. He declared Monday, quote, anger has proven to be a powerful motivator. Very Jim Harbaugh type quote. Uh, Well, there's nobody they're angrier at or want revenge more from than the Buckeyes who have won six consecutive, three of those by Urban Meyer, or th- three Urban Meyer over Harbaugh, and 12 of the last 13, the only loss coming when Luke Fickle had to be the interim coach in 2011. So this has just been domination. Harbaugh is paid a ton. He gets a ton of attention. Satellite camps, uh, signing with the Stars, European trips, spring practice in... I in IMG Academy, tons of hype. I think everyone's kind of enjoyed, or a lot of people enjoyed watching him fail the last three years. Uh, but he is a heck of a coach. Uh, but to me, he's got to win this, right, guys? Like he has to win this game. This is the most must-win game you can possibly have when you're playing your arch rival on the road and they are ten and one. Am I right, Pat? Absolutely right. Yeah, I wrote as much in the dash this week. It must win for Harbaugh, must win for Michigan. You have the better team. It's the first time since Harbaugh has been there that they have the better team. Uh, it's all right there in front of you. Big Ten East, Big Ten Championship, college football playoff. The only thing 
really standing in your way, because I don't think Northwestern stand in their way. The only thing standing in their way is their hated rival that, as you said, has owned the rivalry lately. So this is it. This and it's, yeah, this is why they paid Harbaugh like a sultan. This is why they indulge him with all the foreign trips and every you know eccentric excess that he's asked for uh, is to win this game. He has not beaten Ohio State yet. Uh, he's taken care of the other family business along the way to this point, but this is it. It's a look. They do have the better team. I think they're going to win, but they also, because of the situation, have the pressure. Uh, Ohio State never a home underdog, uh, and they are in this situation. And people aren't expecting them to come in to. People aren't expecting them to win, so they can come in a little bit more free and loose, but they also are are the inferior team in my opinion, but this is it. I mean, this is I mean, if Jim Harbaugh doesn't win this, he's like the most disappointing coach to have three, 10 win seasons in four years. Cause that's good luck on that. No, no pressure, Jim. That's the situation. Well, it's his biggest game since the Super Bowl, right? Like, I I don't think the stakes have been uh, have have been any higher. And Michigan is a much more complete football team. Uh, The spreads three and a half. Pat, I may have stolen this from the dash this week, so I hate to reiterate your own information. But somebody said that this is the last time Urban Meyer was a home underdog was when he was at Utah in 2003. Um, so little difference between Rice Eccles stadium and, uh, obviously what we'll see at the horseshoe on, uh, on Saturday, uh, Ohio state's flaws are well-documented. Certainly they, they have rounded out their offense a pinch with the, with the running game getting going against Maryland. The defense was a disastrous sieve against Maryland. There's no other way to, uh, there's no other way to really put it than that. Um, yeah, there is. It, this is the absolute. This, if you're Michigan, you you legitimize all the shenanigans, kind of all the all the nonsense and the, and the weird comments that's come along with Harbaugh. He's obviously stabilized that program. He's been a very good hire, but but this is the moment where they need to flip it to that next tier. And if they don't, who knows what happens? Does he? duck and run to the NFL. There's going to be a bunch of NFL openings. There is not a deep NFL candidate pool. His name is always going to be in that in those NFL circles. Obviously, Stephen Ross, the Dolphins owner, is a is a huge Michigan donor board guy. Um, you know, Harbaugh will always be uh, will always be at least somewhat intriguing at that level because of what he what he's been able to do to different uh, to different offenses. So, I talked to uh, for for a story on Yahoo this week. Four coaches who've played one or both, and a couple NFL scouts who've been through both buildings. And the only like rationale for Ohio State was like, well, it's a rivalry game, and well, it's at home. And then when people really started to pin down into the personnel, to the X's and the O's, to how the offense complements the defense and everything like that, I would say nobody told me they expected Ohio State to win. People said they could, but it was, uh, you know, pretty significantly Michigan weighted, mostly because they run the ball so well. That's been a weakness of Ohio State as Maryland flew, proved resplendently on Saturday. So, yeah, a fascinating, fascinating theater because e- even all of us, I, I think the three of us, I don't want to speak for you guys. I, I know Pat picked it in the dash. I think Michigan's going to win. But would we be stunned if Ohio State, you know, pulled it off? No, of course not. No, yeah, I mean you, just, you can't be, and that's what makes this so interesting. Is, is got, Ohio Stadium yeah. on a cold yeah. day? It's going to yeah. be gray. I mean, come yeah. on, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> well, they've, they've got a great coach. They've got NFL talent. Uh, if they can camouflage what was actually statistically on pace to be the worst defense in history of Ohio State, sure they could win. Absolutely. They're an ugly ten and one, but they are ten and one, which yeah. is still pretty. Yeah. So you know, it's like yeah. the you know you're you're ugly, but you're in the Miss America contest here. It's all right. <laughs> um, Fascinating. I, I, uh, oh, go ahead, Dan. I think that the subplot of neither of these coaches would it be a stunner if they aren't there next year. Yeah. And and I wonder, as you said, like what? How does this swing it? If Harbaugh wins, does it? Have Meyer really consider, well, I, I really got to take care of my health and go. Is he going to do that anyway? I don't know. We don't know. But it's a, it's fair speculation. Or does beating Har- beating Meyer make him say, heck, I'm not leaving on this? Or does Meyer win and say, I'm walking out triumph. Michigan never got me. I'm going to retire for a while. 
or does Harbaugh run or does Harbaugh say, hey, I got this thing rolling at Michigan now and they're going to bring in someone else and he's not Urban Meyer. And look, Ohio State will get a great coach. But Urban Meyer is one of the, you know, three, four best coaches in the last 20 years, um, maybe top two. So, you know, it, all, so much could happen where it could literally change the face of not just like, hey, I got a little more recruiting momentum uh, up in Cleveland. It's like, <laughs> I might run the other dude right out of here. Uh, you know, I think we all wanted the 10 year war. I wrote a column about this. You wanted Bo and Woody for a decade, but we may only get four years. And, but I don't know who runs first. And that's what's, that's what I think just makes this thing. Holy cow, is this a game? You know? Yeah. Uh, all, all the stakes on the line, not just, <laughs> I mean, everything national championship implications, conference championship implications, bragging rights, coaching turf. Who stays, who goes? I mean, you, you can't really drop a, a more grand uh, set of plot lines for this. Yeah. In all those scenarios you outlined, Dan, like both gone, both stay, one go, like they're all on the table. You know, sure. this isn't just like, you know, sort of baseless speculation. Like those are all completely feasible and, and reasonable. Absolutely. Nobody knows. For once, right. we're not just driving some wild narrative. Yeah, by God. I mean, we would. We would <laughs> yeah. do this if it wasn't feasible. <laughs> but in this case, I think we're kind of, we got some, we got, we're on solid ground. So that's good. <laughs> All right. Here are the playoff contenders outside of not counting Michigan, Ohio State, we mentioned, and who they play this weekend. And this is delicious. Okay. This is good. Alabama hosts seven and four Auburn. Clemson hosts six and four South Carolina. Notre Dame visits five and six USC. Georgia hosts seven and four Georgia Tech. Oklahoma visits eight and two West Virginia, and Washington hosts eight and two Washington. Now, that you know, obviously none of those are like you know number three versus number five, but those are a lot of dangerous games. The only losing team is USC, and Notre Dame's got to go all the way out there. Um, I just doubt all these guys are going to make it through. Just the odds are someone's getting tripped up, probably a couple teams. Are you doubting the 40 theory of domination? Yeah, I, I'm with the 40 theory of domination, but, you know, it kind of leaks when you get what when you get to Oklahoma State. Got to go into Morgantown, baby. Like the, the, the Mountaineers are going to be three days into the weekend by Saturday night. I mean, that is going to be a dangerous place. They may not have anything left to burn by then. <laughs> it's just going to be blackout train has been going for like 36 hours and we're still standing. You I can't think that game's Friday, Dan, and it's Friday, oh, just, Friday for, just for that reason, to save the couches. Well, they, and then they started on Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. And uh, they started early. I mean, don't try. Don't think you're going to out strategize the uh, Mountaineers. Um, all right. Of all those I mentioned, which matchup, Pete, do you think is the most terrifying for one of the contenders? It's a, it's a good question. I, I think we'll I'll stick in Morgantown. I mean, most of those are double-digit spreads. I'm looking at my Yahoo Sports app right here, which uh, has handy-dandy betting lines um, along with game times and rankings. And um, download today. And <laughs> I think that when you, when, you, when you really spin through and look at it, you got Georgia favored by 17. You have... Uh, Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. You got Notre Dame ten and a half right now. Um, Thanksgiving egg These bowl. Teams aren't that bad though. What That's was the that? Thing. These other teams aren't that bad. No, there right. may be a big no, spread, no. but yeah, and yeah, Washington State is uh, a three point favorite over Washington. Who would have predicted that before the year started, right? Um, right. But I do think West Virginia will be. You know that. They're obviously they have the stakes. You're gonna this is a this is a once a decade season at West Virginia, right? And it got derailed with that loss at Oklahoma State. You got Oklahoma coming in there. Uh, they have Oklahoma as a, a one and a half point favorite. I mean, this is going to be your quintessential 42-40 Big Twelve game. And I would think for for Will Greer and in a defense that's played better than traditionally most West Virginia defenses have, and in that cauldron in that environment in Morgantown, I think. For any of the contenders, that is probably the most dangerous game. But that's kind of obvious. Pat, what do you think? The two outside of, yeah, I, I mean, I think West Virginia is going to win. But the other two that I think really the, the teams had better be fully locked in and ready are Georgia against Georgia Tech and Washington State against Washington. Uh, Chris Peterson has owned Mike Leach. Leach has lost five in a row to Washington. 
I do think Washington State's a better team. This has been a disappointing Washington team, but again, rivalry game against a pretty darn good opponent that has had your number. So similar situation to what Michigan and Ohio State looked like to me. But then the other one, Georgia Tech, Georgia, the the, the dynamic there, this is uh, Georgia's worst rushing defense since 2014. It's still good. I mean, they're holding opponents to 4.12 yards per carry, but Georgia Tech runs the ball like nobody else in the country, you know, and they run that option style that you're not used to seeing. And if I had to guess, Kirby Smart all year has done at least one period in practice where they're playing against the option just to be ready for this week, knowing that at the back end of the season, they were going to have to face it and they're going to have to be buttoned up against it. But it's a good Georgia Tech team that's playing well. They've won, I believe, four games in a row. Uh, and they're running the ball like crazy, like they do against a Georgia team that's not great against the run. So I think that one could be a close game as well. I I was with you on Georgia Tech. I just think the style of play, the the way they are coached, this is a good – Georgia Tech's only going to be so good. And this is one of their better – this is a decent Georgia Tech team. They're on a roll. I think that's the danger. I think Auburn and South Carolina will put up a fight. Um, and I, I think USC probably won't. Uh, usually that Notre right. Dame USC game, when one's up and one's down, it's a blowout. Uh, there's not a, there's not quite the same amount of heart in that rivalry as there is in others. Um, I think you know probably because they're two thousand miles apart, um, and so it's it's a rivalry for sure. But it's it's not it's not the same thing where these are yeah. played. They don't have to live again live with each other all year round no. like the rest of them. No, they do not. Um, all right, one more note. USC on that, has that shown so little heart this year. Like, I mean, they need a transplant if they're going to start USC? showing some right now. Uh, USC. Yeah. I mean, USC has yeah. shown no heart all year. They've just they, they've been an undisciplined, sorry mess. Yeah, the coach is on the hot seat. They're ready. They they could quit. Notre Dame gets off the gets out to a start. Like they get up seven ten zip. Game's over. Like yeah. they got to if the, all they got to do is punch him in the face at the beginning. And, uh, yeah, I could see USC just sitting there saying, let's get this over with. We're going to get a new coach. Uh, I want to go hang out in L.A. Uh, forget it. Uh, one more note, though, on that Apple Cup. Yeah. Which is really just a sweet-sounding name, isn't it? It's just very, <laughs> very Pac-12. You know, <laughs> this is not the Iron Bowl. <laughs> it's the Apple Cup. Oh. Who yeah. doesn't like an apple? Maybe get a little caramel on it for like dessert. Yeah, yeah. Right. Is that a yeah. dessert or is that just that we're gonna bring you some apples? We, I went, <laughs> let's go out and pick apples. Yeah, sure. Get a cup. Who picked the most apples? Um, <laughs> Washington, a, little, a very peace-loving state. It really is. Apple a day <laughs> keeps the doctor away. One of the great marketing slogans of all time. Um, but speaking of food and the apple cup, um, <laughs> this this emerged this week. They asked Chris Peterson about the last time he had talked to Mike Leach. I love Washington and Washington State press conferences. Really just random. The reporter's up there doing a bang-up job. They're just throwing <laughs> random questions that, that, that nobody – I don't think anyone in the state of Washington wants to talk football other than, like, the Seahawks fans, some of them. <laughs> Everyone just wants to talk absurd. Like, they don't really care that much. So it's like, this is the questions. Um, so this was the quote from Chris Peterson on Mike Leach, the – the last time I saw him, I didn't really get a chance to talk to him because he was a half hour late to our Pac-12 head coaches meeting. And we were all looking at our watches thinking this might not turn out good for him. It's not uncommon for a conference to fine a coach for not being at these meetings because none of these coaches want to go to the meetings. So you have to be at the meeting. Um, he walks in. So he's a half hour late. He walks in with this In-N-Out burger and milkshake. And we're all <laughs> we're all really like, Really? And waiting for somebody to say something. He's just as happy as a clam eating away. And we're like, why don't we do that? That was really the last time I saw him. Um, Dan, if you showed up with an In-N-Out burger and ate it in a shake during the podcast, I would quit the podcast. That's really? like taunting. Are you kidding me? That's like the all most I got to do to get you to quit. Thing. Like you guys, <laughs> if you missed, <laughs> if you missed half the podcast and then just strolled in with a double double while Pat and I are, are bantering away at uh, at at far important things in our world, I'd be pretty pissed, wouldn't you, Pat? If it's a double double animal style, he's definitely out. 
Yeah. And the milkshake. I think the milkshake's the secret here. It really just throws, like, okay, a burger is is food, okay? Like, I got to get lunch. Correct. Right? Like, I got to get lunch. We're running late. I'm just going to grab a burger. Like, got to go to McDonald's sometimes. It happens. Right? Nobody sits there, you know, you may not plan it, but you're like, I don't have any time. There's there's a possible excuse, and that was Leach's excuse. He actually ended up then responding to this because this is what they talk about in Washington. Um, and he said, "I was running late from the airport. Why he didn't eat it in the car, though? That's that's not. He walked in with it for a reason. But the milkshake is pure decadence. The milkshake suggests I'm just gonna have a good time here. Do, I mean, the milkshake shouldn't even exist as a as a substance. It's not a, a drink." Substance. It's a dessert. And that's where I think the insult goes deep. I bet, Leach. I bet Leach would have, like, had the straw. And you know when you're getting the last little Slurp, bit out of the milkshake yeah. and you're like, oh, yeah. And it makes oh, that oh, sound yeah. like you're trying to get the last little bit out of the bottom. <laughs> I bet all, I bet he was doing that in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the Pac-12 meeting. And that's what sure. taunted the coaches to the point where Chris Peterson isn't exactly a fireback guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, he's not exactly the guy who's going to try to needle someone. So this clearly bored into a special place in his soul that he wanted to bring it up. <laughs> this later. is still this I, is a, uh, he said it nicely, but it's yeah. clearly bothered him. Oh, yes. He was probably asking like about some rule interpretation that he might be able to exploit. Like, right. well, on the punt, do you have to, you know, like some little thing. Right. How far and down the field is the lineman going to be in an RPO tunnel sweep or tunnel <laughs> sl- screen before we get called right. for it? And Leach is over there. <laughs> <laughs> what what's that chris what's that what you say i'm sorry i, I wasn't listening i yeah. i will say when i read that quote first i couldn't help but think of uh the mike leach text message flurry to the pac-12 office in the wake of that uh, non-targeting call against usc where he uh he informed uh he informed vice president of officiating david coleman uh, Woody is a in, talking about Woody Dixon, who essentially is in charge of football in the Pac-12. Woody is a total coward and is afraid of USC. I look forward to telling him in person. <laughs> <laughs> so and, that's who's running that meeting. So yeah. you could you could see where uh, Coach Leach's respect level is for uh, Pac-12 authority. So it kind of made perfect sense he'd roll in late with in and out and a milkshake. So. I need to do a little more research on this meeting, but it was probably in L.A. I'm guessing yeah. they made everyone fly into L.A. I think that's what we said. Think Bay Area, though. San, right? Might be Area? San Fran. That's where yeah. the offices are. All right. Because that LAX, the, the, the in and out right by the LAX, oh. which I, I do know where it's it is. True. Yeah. Oh, yes. we, we all do. We all do. <laughs> we all know how yeah. to get from L.A. Well. First thing, get the rental car right to in and out. But yeah. that thing is always that's slow. So you can't sit there and say I was late. And then I got, you know, the, 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 the LAX. In and out burger is going to take a half hour alone. So, sure. yeah, you got it. You, there's no he has no excuses, but <laughs> I just so, but encourage him to let's keep make doing it clear. It. Right. It's the, the milkshake is the breaking point with you. I right? think the milkshake, if you, okay. if you have some food, even if it's a hot burger, I mean, yeah. that's pretty obnoxious. But when you're throwing the milkshake in, <laughs> that's when you are. Uh, there's no excuses. The, 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 the Harvard non-finger to the rest. And of it the... takes longer for the order. I mean, the milkshake always delays everything. It drives you crazy in the drive through. Sure. Some guys, oh, you had to get the milkshake. Come on. <laughs> I do think it through here. Yeah. I, I want to double down on what Dan said about the reporters in Washington, because whoever is getting Mike Leach to go on these wonderful oh, it's about fantastic. coach fights and animal fights. That person needs to be like the Pac-12 media member of the year. Like, they're, God they're, bless they're, them. Whoever is teeing him up for these wheelhouse viral sound bites, like I wonder I can't if they, yeah, do they like, enough. do they have like a, a chart? You know, like all right, this week it's your turn, and then next week all right, you yeah. got to come up with the question. Just you have yeah. one absurd question a week to get leached on some bizarre tangent. It's beautiful. It's, I think it's just somebody who doesn't like football and doesn't want to write about it. So they're just <laughs> like, I got to come up with something. I cannot write again about Gardner yeah, Minshew. Hold on, I want to get what I got in the mail from Washington State today. Give me one second. My lack of my lack of preparedness that I'm often chided for in the podcast is showing. No but right here, right. we oh, have a flash the stash 
Gardner Minshew mustache. They encouraged me to take a selfie. I'm not a big selfie guy, but for the sake of the podcast, I will. Apply. <laughs> Here we go. Look, it has self adhesive. Um, it's impressive. Uh, I haven't been to my office today, so I don't know whether I got one or not. If not, if I didn't, I'm going to be mad that I was left yeah. out here. I'll feel like Chris Peterson did watching Leach eat, drink the milkshake. Here's my my Minshew go. mustache. Now, if you're if you're drinking a milkshake with this mustache, it could be dangerous because there's going to be some residue that that happens there. So keep. I don't Minch- recognize no milkshakes for Minshew. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Bobby Valentine in the dugout during yeah. uh, when, he was, when he was. Who's hiding. this new guy on the podcast? <laughs> I do recognize you. You look like Mario. <laughs> All right, there we All go. Right. Yes, thank you, Washington State, for your Minshew. Uh, yes, your flash the stash. Consider the stash flash. All right, good stuff. And now trashed. Yeah, quick, I don't know uh, what, what I'm going to do. Quick little that. item that just kind of came up on Tuesday. We discussed um, would James Franklin, the Penn State coach, be interested in USC if USC makes a move on Clay Helton as they probably should, and I think if Notre Dame rolls them this weekend, they will. Here is James Franklin's quote when he was asked about it. Quote, it's that time of year where all these types of things happen. We're focused on Maryland completely, 100%. I don't think it's fair or right to even be talking about that job. We're completely focused on Maryland. And quote, uh, translation, Hell yeah, I'm interested or I want a contract extension. He actually, all he did was not put his in and out order at the end of that. that I mean, much. that answer is, please call USC. Yeah, That was everything I, but fight on. He left did, that yeah. out. But. Did I mention my buyout's only $1 million and you're broke and you're about to fork over like 20 to Clay Helton? Yeah. He didn't even say... I really, we really love it at Penn State. I mean, all he said yeah. was we're focused on Maryland. Yeah, the two things he didn't say: I have no interest in the USC job. I am very happy at, at Penn State and intend to stay at Penn State. Yeah, wow. He that. tweeted Maryland like the word Maryland like twenty-seven times today. I don't he, know does that that. he does that every oh, week. He does it every week. Oh, he does. Okay. Every whoever they play, they he does. All that. right. Uh, all right. Uh, back to the rivalries weekend. Um, which in and out, I guess that was part of rivalry week. Uh, we've we've been very fortunate to cover lots of the great rivalry games, and um, the intensity is always so great. The games are often so great. What when I when someone asks you, or I'll ask you when you think of rivalry game, what is your one or two favorite just memory stories that pop out from these games? It doesn't necessarily have to be the best game. Doesn't necessarily have to be the uh, the most famous game doesn't even have to be on the field. Something that encapsulates what the passion involved in these college football rivalry games that just are bigger than any – you can't duplicate in any other sport. What do you got, Pat? Uh, I've got to say, and Pete, I'm, we'll, we'll uh, I think, agree with everything I'm saying here, but we were both at the kick six game. And uh, it was – that's the Auburn-Alabama uh, 2013 Iron Bowl – and just never seen anything like it. First of all, any Iron Bowl is super, super intense. I mean, you know, it's very, very serious. And you can feel that from the minute you land in uh, the South. And then, then you, when you get to the stadium, you can absolutely feel it. So the play happens, right? We all know what, what play I'm talking about. The 109-yard return of the missed field goal. And I'm still in the press box because I like to stay in the press box so I can see what's happening. Some people like to go down to the field. And I stand up when he's like at the 20 and I'm like, I just put my arms out and I said, he's going to score. <laughs> and I yelled it, which is a total violation of press box protocol, but it was so loud. It's open air there that nobody noticed. And everybody else was screaming at the top of their lungs. Uh, and then he does. And the, the, the two other things from that Dan were the first was I'm, I'm trying to get down to the field after that. And there is an Auburn guy probably 300 pounds in his mid thirties. And he is skipping like a school child, waving his pom-poms back and forth down the, down the, uh, what is he's going down the concourse. He looks like a child who just got out of the last day of school. He is so happy. He just personified the Auburn joy of that moment to me. And then the other part, which people remember is we stayed in palatial Columbus, Georgia, 
just across the Chattahoochee River. One of my favorite underrated towns in America. Pat loves Columbus, Georgia. I do love Columbus. And we ended up at a place, Pete and I ended up at a place drinking beer and watching Oregon, Oregon State, and just basically spending like the two hours or whatever it was till closing time just saying, geez, Louise, did we really just see that? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was awesome. Those are the ones, Dan, and you can relate to this from great games you covered where we're just like, God, I know I missed something big in that story. Because you only get like (laughs) one of those, you know, every five years. And you know it's going to be that story. And you just sit there and you're like, did I screw it up? Did I screw it up? Did I screw it up? That's basically Mm -hmm. uh, that was basically what I remember uh, feeling as Pat and I were crushing beers uh, late at night watching the uh, (laughs) watching Civil War. Before you give yours, Pete, I do also remember from that game someone on social media posting a picture on the field of somebody who dumps like their dad's ashes yeah, on oh, the yeah. field. Yeah, right after the game. And it was, they were like, you just imagine how excited that guy, he was dead. <laughs> but <laughs> even like, the dead there was no greater excited. honor. Not only did yeah. we figure out how to dump your ashes uh, on the field at Auburn. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the kick six. It was the pit, right. uh, whatever. Yeah, kick six. Yeah, I mean, so so great. All right, Pete. What's your what's your memory? Well, from that game specifically, when when there's you're at a game and you're lucky enough for there to be a field storming, not like a fake one, but like a real like spontaneous combustion field storming. I always enjoy like walking back across the field later and looking at like the debris that the <laughs> denizens have left behind. And I remember just seeing like beads crushed fireball nips like you know like fifths of vodka just it was just sort of this uh they're just sort of the 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 debris from a great party but people were like taking their like christmas card photos like families were gathering on the field like it was it was yeah it was unlike anything i'd ever like ever seen they wouldn't leave like people were just like didn't want to leave because they, they just wanted to linger and 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 take in uh and take in that moment um in terms of rivalry games, the other one that that ranks up there with it, just in terms of like gravitas and stakes on the line and everything, was the uh, was the 06 uh, Ohio State Michigan. I mean, Bo Schembechler dies, you know, two days or the day before the game. Day before, day yeah, before he was he was seventy seven. Um, and the band, the band, the Dead Schembechlers had to cancel their, <laughs> their yes. concert out yes. of respect. Yes. <laughs> Remember those they have no that, respect at all for Michigan, yes. but they did for one they, day. They had to. They all dressed yeah. like Woody Hayes, and they were a, oh, like yeah. a punk band. Yeah. Yeah. I, I called up a, a story from uh, that I did for the New York Times at the time in 06, and the lead quote is from Keith Jackson, uh, God rest his soul, who said the timing of the death is absolutely spooky. And you, we can all hear <laughs> Keith Jackson saying absolutely spooky. Um yeah, that was that was certainly one, and obviously that ends up being uh, that ends up being one of the one of the great one of the great games uh, in that rivalry. Ohio State holds off Michigan forty two thirty nine. I mean, when you look back a little bit at that game, that's a little bit of a, of a sign that offenses were starting to change and spread out and speed up and in in all that kind of stuff. So yeah, lead quote from uh, Mike Hart in that story, who is now the Indiana running backs coach. Um, and, you know, the buzz there was that they may end up playing again, um, which didn't end up happening. So, One, two, but yeah. yeah, that game, just with everything swirling around it, amplifying the general passion of that game, you know, certainly made it made it as memorable as any game I've covered. You know, from that day, um, I, I think I told this story either on this podcast or the old one. I drove down, cover that game too. And I drove from Detroit with a guy named Pat Caputo, his columnist at the Oakland Press, which is uh, the Pontiac, Michigan. So we decided to drive down together the morning of the game and then come back. And he and I always laugh about this. But when we got to the Michigan-Ohio border, just north of Toledo, basically Toledo, the first 15 miles on I-75 South, there were six different speed traps by the Ohio (laughs) State uh, troopers trying to catch Michigan plates speeding. And it was insane. We're like, this is like a militarized thing. Now they want to- <laughs> like, it's a college football game, guys. Okay? Like, you don't need to, like, have the police come out to try to stop the caravan from crossing the border. Like, build a wall at Toledo. I There was once a war, the war of Toledo between yes, Michigan and Ohio. So they yes, did. 
There's some history there, but I think that's been worked out. I at least thought we were the United States, not, you know, like, and I'm, we're like, we don't even root for Michigan. We're <laughs> just because we have a Michigan plate don't profile us. I could care less who wins this game, but we're in trouble. So um, the one I remember is, um, or the one that stands out is an iron bowl game. I took my dad to an iron bowl. Uh, we went with, uh, and I wasn't covering the game. We just went as fans. Went down with a guy named Jack Doss, who's a big-time basketball coach up in uh, in um, Huntsville, high school coach. And we we had a good weekend, and we go to the game. And before the game, they're showing, we're at Brian Denny, and they're showing on the video, like, the history of the game. And the, the, this great victory in 52, and this great victory in, in uh, you know, 61, and all this different stuff. And then they get to a stretch in the 80s, and they just skip over it, and all of a sudden it's 90s, okay? They basically skip the 80s. And my dad, he doesn't really know the history of the whole thing, and he turns to the guy next to him, just like half-drunk Alabama fan. He goes, what happened to the 1980s? And the guy goes, Bo Jackson happened. (laughs) (laughs) We don't talk about them years around here. He's like, okay, all right, yeah. (laughs) So much for the 80s. (laughs) <laughs> I, I have a, a good periphery memory. I was at the uh, USC UCLA game, and it must have been uh, 08 when UC- USC should have romped them at the Rose Bowl and gone on to the title. And uh, US and UCLA, I believe, led by Carl Durrell, um, the immortal Carl Durrell, pulled the upset. And as I think the SEC championship was going on at the same time. Florida fans got wind that USC could lose, and they just started crashing into the restrooms because those were the only places where there were TVs. <laughs> and so, like, the concourse and the restrooms where they had, like, TVs above the urinals, people, like, couldn't believe that this upset was happening. And so they all, they all, crowded, into, uh, they all crowded into watch. That was, like, goes against the 40, t- 40 theory of favorite relativity. That was one of those, like, double-digit, no chance is going right. to happen underdogs that has made me perhaps naively believe that someone's going to lose this year, but you never know. All right, now, expansion and just general, you know, some of these games is amazing, right? I don't know what the oldest one is, but Michigan-Ohio State, 115 years. Like, that's just crazy, right? Doing this for 115 years, and it's still going. But some die. Some of these some of these deals die. So what's the one that most bothers you? Either expansion killed it or like, I don't know, like Michigan State and Penn State is always a joke. Like they're, they used to play the last weekend. They called it the land grant. But then they stopped playing it the last weekend so that the game wouldn't get overshadowed by Michigan, Ohio State. And so now they like Michigan State's ending its season with Rutgers and Penn State, I guess, has Maryland like. You know, just bad endings. We just talked to Oklahoma now plays West Virginia last game this year, not Oklahoma State. What rivalry has been killed that you most wish could come back to that last weekend? Not just earlier in the season, but the last weekend. For me, that's that's a layup. That is Oklahoma-Nebraska. Uh, that one was so great. Back in the 70s when I was growing up and I was watching these games, and I had a – distinct rooting interest in every single rivalry and I made my decisions based on their their uniforms and their helmets unless there was some <laughs> overriding fam- familial obligation um that's why you like logo so much Pat we can see it now that's it that's it so yeah no but I mean so it was like you know every game I had I had I picked one side or the other and it was almost it was all because of those uniforms but that game was one where I I rooted for Oklahoma because because I didn't like the white helmet with the red N but I loved watching them both just pound each other with option football. And it was great. And it was, you know, the weather would be dicey in those games too. And there one side would throw the ball seven times and the other side would throw it eight. And it was just option left option, right fullback dive. And they were great teams, really, really good teams. And they hated each other. Absolutely. Totally different styles. You know, Barry Switzer, bootleggers boy, Tom Osborne basically carried himself like a congressman, which he the became. Senator, yeah. 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 And, uh, and so, you know, they, they just, it was a, a great rivalry that mattered a lot all the time. I mean, it was very important to who was going to win the national championship for many of the years when I was growing up. The tearaway jerseys, too. Oh, yeah. Awesome. I couldn't get them and grab them, and the that's jersey right. just tears yeah. away. <laughs> yeah. That's, and they, they, the ultimate thing now that was, 
Uh, Oklahoma's quarterback in the earlier years, like maybe 74 to 76, was Thomas Lott, who was built like a linebacker. But he ran the option, and he would just truck people. But the biggest thing was he wore a bandana under his helmet, and he looked really cool. And when we got old enough to play football, we all got our bandana under our helmets to try to be like Thomas Lott. Yep. I always felt Switzer figured out that uh, he was the impetus behind the tearaway jersey, sure. and he, he 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 learned that technology at a gentleman's club or two. <laughs> I, mean, I always thought that was – and then and, Nebraska stole it. So, entirely yeah. plausible. But it's very plausible. I don't know. I don't want to know. I'm going to go with the legend there. Pete, What's uh, what do you miss? I miss Pitt, West Virginia. Uh, they're yeah. renewing it in uh, 2022, but that is hatred now. Like <laughs> these people could say they don't like each other, and these schools could like each other. That is real dislike. That is drinking 72 hours in advance. Uh, mm-hmm. That is just that is the vitriol. There is cannot be faked, and uh, yeah. I obviously was remember and was at the famous Pitt West Virginia game where Dave Wanstad. Uh, benevolent uh, color analyst now for Fox pulled the giant upset and kept Rich Rodriguez in that great West Virginia team with uh, Steve Slayton, uh, et cetera, from, from uh, running into the BCS championship, which yeah, all just I was there so, too. Yeah, yeah we're all there. Yeah. yeah started snowing at the end. So yeah. weird and, and foreign now. And Wani was so excited after that game. Oh, that's yeah. I remember. He was just, they so, only had like three wins, right? It was like, oh, a, yeah, they, they were, were they were, they ended up four and seven, I believe. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. That, uh, that was the most stunned crowd I've ever seen walking out of a stadium. Yeah. And then it was snowing. And I'm like, these people yeah. are all going to crash going home because <laughs> there's not a straight road in the entire state. Yeah. Like country road. Take me home. I'm miserable and drunk. And we just blew our one shot at yeah. the national title. It ain't coming back either. Yeah. One of the epic one of the epic uh, games, because uh, yeah, I think if they hadn't, if West Virginia had won, they would have played for the title. Oh, yes. for sure. No yeah. doubt. Michigan they were, they wouldn't have hired Rich Rodriguez because yep. Rich Rodriguez stayed. Yep. Uh, um, Terrell Pryor could have gone to West Virginia instead of Ohio State. So then, so Ohio State got the spot instead of West Virginia. Then they got Pryor, but then Pryor yep. blew up the program and Trestle got <laughs> like the whole thing. Yeah. And uh. it's all in that, that, that like, you know, Appalachia, you know, Youngstown area. It's, there's a lot going on there. Jeanette, there <laughs> yeah. was a lot happening. Jeanette PA, yeah. Right, I went to tech- Terrell Pryor's signing when he didn't sign when I was working at the New York yeah, Times. One, I like yeah. took a 6 a.m. flight to Pittsburgh, pulled up to the gym, and they were like, yeah, not today. And I was like, oh, great. Thanks. Right. Good. Glad what I hauled the, out here. That's how you raise your rate, man. You hold out. Um, I, I miss Texas, Texas A&M. I oh, mean, yeah. I just I love that game. The you know, the 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 back and forth, the vitriol, obviously. Texas is the state that cares the most about football. Uh, probably. Um, and that one just did it even when they were bad. And I remember I used to watch on TV as a kid and they'd, they do the starting lineup and all 22 starters would be from Texas <laughs> on both teams. Right. Like just win on it back then. They weren't that good. They wouldn't even recruit anywhere else. Um, really wish those two would play. The fact they aren't is just obnoxious. It's like, come on. Um, but it was, it was a great, and I think that was for a long time, the Thanksgiving game day, yeah, Thanksgiving yes. night game. Sure was. And the NFL didn't have a game then. So it was like um, it was just great. You could watch that thing. So mm-hmm. even when they weren't good, I I, I missed that uh, desperately. So, yeah, well, luckily we have Texas and Kansas on Friday. That should scratch that itch for everyone. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, Thanks that's that's the other thing. It's replaced by Texas and Can- like Kansas. Yeah. Like, come on. Um, they shouldn't even know. let Kansas play this weekend. <laughs> So is Les going to coach the team? They're going to let Les out there? <laughs> they should. You know what? Why not? They're going to lose either way. <laughs> Come and put a game plan together in one minute. Um, all right. If you have been paying attention, it has been crime and punishment week in college football. It is the end of the year, and apparently some of these coaches and administrators and referees are just ornery. They're just ready for the season end because they're just bitter, but in the wrong way. Um, and we we ought, we need to start this segment by issuing an apology, sort of. I mean, it is an apology to uh, Harvard running back Devin Darrington, who we were ready to Pat was ready to name Yahoo Sports College Podcast Man of the Year <laughs> for flipping off a Yale defender as he raced in the end zone last week. Turns out he did not raise his middle finger in that run. A a. A proof came via the picture from the Boston Globe 
it was the index finger, uh, not the middle finger. So he was just pointing up in the air. He wasn't pointing at anyone. He's pointing straight up in the air. Still got the thing called back. So uh, that was that was one we had last week. But uh, he did not quite do that. But just when we lost Devin Darrington as a man of the year candidate, two more stepped up. And that's really what makes America great. Okay, that's what makes this sport great. There's a disappointment and it fills in. So I'm going to respectfully nominate Ryan Pulley and Carmen Curl of the Arkansas Razorbacks, both of whom uh, are currently suspended for for the season finale against Missouri due to what Coach Chad Morris deemed, quote, unacceptable behavior. And what was this unacceptable behavior? They were caught flirting and trying to pick up members of the Mississippi State dance team prior to last week's Arkansas-Miss State game. After warm-ups, they, they were caught chatting up the dance team. Chad Morris, buzzkill. <laughs> it, quote, it's completely unacceptable in all areas of this program. Now, I was clearly outraged and wrote an entire <laughs> column pretty much about this. But come on, man. This is what you learn in college. You seize opportunity. Carpe diem. I think Dan used the phrase shoot your shot like six shoot times. Your shoot your shot. Once. I'm joking. Shoot your shot. Come on. You're two and nine. The fact that anyone wants to possibly date one of these guys is a minor miracle. You're in last place. You're not Tua just rolling into town. <laughs> These guys are the best recruiters Arkansas has got. I know they got a good recruiting class coming in, but they could be even better if these guys were got it. They're selling high-quality prospects on the Razorbacks. They also still believe Arkansas can pull such an upset. I mean, I just love their youthful gumption. We are about to lose 56 to or 52 to 6. We stink. <laughs> I'm still going to shoot my shot with this girl. What do you think? Give me a call. I'm about to watch you play football. You're horrible. Doesn't matter. You live in Arkansas. You're not even near here. Uh, I think, though, in the these guys are legends now. And they're going to be a time the rest of their life. They're going to love this. Like people are going to be like, hey, you meet my friend, you know, you remember those two Arkansas guys that got, you know, like they're going to be like 30 in corporate America or whatever, you know, remember that, that, that story. Yeah. This is one of the, Oh man, that is awesome. Or, you know, Hey grandpa, tell us that time about when you got suspended <laughs> playing college football for hitting on a cheerleader. Was that grandma? I don't know. It was not grandma, but that <laughs> was before I met grandma. <laughs> Pat, maybe it will eventually worst. be grandma. You never maybe know. Maybe it will. And, and do the Mississippi State dance team, do, do a couple of them owe them at least like, at least a callback. I mean, or a day. I mean, these guys sacrificed. What they sacrificed Slide trying in those to meet DMs, you. girls. Come on. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to, you know, but maybe like give them a, at least give them like a, a sympathetic look on whether you want to take, let them take you out. Pat, is this the worst suspension you've ever heard of? <laughs> Whoo, it's right up there. It's uh, it's up there with, a, well, a couple of other great moments that you mentioned in your column, which was fantastic, was um, Brecken Hager being reprimanded by the Big 12 office for having the unmitigated lack of decorum <laughs> and sportsmanship to say, oh, you sucks. Jeez. <laughs> as, as, as every Texas fan, they love to say that. They'll say, you know, they're like, I, I'm on a group text with two guys that are Texas alums. And, and one guy who's an Oklahoma alum. And the two Texas guys will just randomly be like, it's 4.54 p.m. And then the other guy will text back immediately, oh, you sucks. Oh, you still sucks. That's it. So, okay, cool. Hook him. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's that. Um, but then, yeah, and to the puffy coat controversy at Houston. Uh, so there's a lot to choose from. But, no, the worst suspension ever is clearly by Chad Morris, who, as you pointed out, must be a lot of fun at a party. Woo. Pete, what do you think? Worst suspension ever? Or are you defending really? Chad yeah, Morris? no, I mean a really bad suspension. And honestly, like 
bad job by Chad Morris for letting it go public. Like you, you've had the season where you've gotten kicked in the face consistently and relentlessly. You actually have a pretty good recruiting class coming in. Like there, there is hope for the future of Arkansas. And basically that is the only memorable moment of Arkansas football all season. I mean, True. think of another other than getting like totally. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was just about to bring up the North Texas game yeah. where you got embarrassed on the fake punt. So th- those are there one and two. You got uh, you got the greatest fake, uh, greatest like trick play pulled on you in the middle of a thirty plus point loss to a conference USA team, and then you have uh, and then you have obviously uh, you know guys trying to get a little get a little side hustle in, and it doesn't work out. So no, just just a just a complete uh, just a complete disaster of a. Uh, I mean, how do you think if you don't announce that in the week? Like, you know, what are you going to embarrass this guy's even more? They get shot down and then they're going to be remembered forever <laughs> for, for being the, the dance team people. So um, I, I do want to jump on the uh, the Big 12 reprimanding Brecken Hager. I mean, God, in all the like ham handed Big 12 moments we've seen in the last decade or so, like that one has to be up there. Like Brecken Hager should be allowed. He's he's like a unique experience. Uh, one of the most fascinating characters I've, I've been around in college football this season, for sure. And and uh, let the man talk. He's actually interesting. He's bringing attention to your league. I mean, yeah, like I can understand reprimanding someone if they're cursing or, you know, if they're exhibiting bad sportsmanship. But like that's just a bunch of ninnies sitting around trying to like, you know, I don't know, draw attention to themselves. I just that is a that is an unfathomable like uh, administration. A bunch of people sat in a room and decided to do that. Think about that. And it was just completely universally mocked. So. Um, I don't know if that stuff goes up to Bob Bowlesby's desk or whoever the uh, whoever the the finger slapper is that that did that, but but shame on them. Uh, de- Brecken Hager demanded, for president. Yeah, they demanded an apology. Okay, yeah. and then this apology is worded yeah. like he was a hostage. Like, <laughs> right? My yeah. captives are tremendous, and I totally oh, yeah. am going to choose that. I mean, yes. The heck. <laughs> lighten up. I mean, who's offended? Yeah, the, big, the, the entire Big 12 maybe needs to lighten up because remember how mad some of the Texas people were over horns down? Uh, that's true. I mean, the hor- Oh, yeah. That is a good point. They're mad at West Virginia because someone did a horns down. Right. All y'all get over yourselves. Guys, Tom please. Herman wanted that penalty for celebration yeah. Oh, yeah. in oh, yeah. that game. It's like- Tom Herman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then later he's like trying to fight, fight uh, Oklahoma, uh, whatever, Gundy. Like, you know, like that's uh, a that was, we can't knock him for that. That was podcast gold. We <laughs> applause that. That, that got we us in the whole that. coach fighting thing. That's Man, pretty much keeping us a... on the air at this point. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I'm in favor. But why is that not punishable when this is like, oh, you right? sucks. Like, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, All right. Um, I, I, I'm going to get to this one here. I don't, I don't even know where to start, except um, it was a man named Arthur Posey who uh, lives in New Orleans. Uh, and uh, <laughs> he was, uh, it's according to the New, Ar- New Orleans uh, Times Picayune, who's always on top of these items. Uh, <laughs> he was a he was arrested. <laughs> he was arrested recently and booked on charges. <laughs> I want the drunken disorderly beat at the Times Picayune. <laughs> <laughs> I would quit my job to be Times Picayune night night police reporter. Yeah. We all I thought our friend Brett at- Anderson, the food critic, had the best job there. But no, there's uh-huh. no question of the drunken disorder. They have to tomorrow. <laughs> we have to call our friend Jeff Duncan and say you must install a drunken disorderly reporter, like not just a court <laughs> really? reporter, not just a cops reporter, just on drunken shenanigans and have like a weekly column, like a weekly blotter. It really should line. be. I would I mean, read that every week, like appointment reading. I did night cops in Indianapolis and not much happened. I mean, there was the normal like <laughs> murders and stuff, but nothing that interesting. This is so this guy, this poor guy, he gets arrested. <laughs> there was a warrant out for him. So uh, on November 13th at night, he uh, decided to walk into uh, Willie's Chicken Shack, of course. And um, he walked up to a male employee and asked him, uh, what time they were closing and then said uh, he was going to go to the bathroom and drop a bomb and blow up, blow the bathroom up. <laughs> okay. Now the uh, nervous people at Willie's chicken shack uh, took that to mean he was going to actually, 
detonate a bomb in the bathroom and blow Willie's chicken shack up. Uh, a miscommunication went out and uh, <laughs> he was arrested. There was a warrant for his arrest. They got him. He, I mean, this is one of the great defenses of all time, clearly. <laughs> Posey claimed to the officer, uh, yes, he did. He did tell him a, a, an employee he was going to blow the bathroom up. And, but it was in reference to a bowel movement. <laughs> um, uh, now, he's facing, this is also, uh, I love the legal system because you never know what you got to charge these guys for. He's facing two counts of communicating false information of planned arson. They called it arson. <laughs> they called it arson. <laughs> the manager told police she took the threat very serious and notified her general manager, instructed her to call the police. She also works for the Big 12 in Punished Breckenhager. <laughs> Uh, I, I hope Posey has posted bail and is out. Um, I don't, I guess I just, you know, look, you know, maybe you gotta go, right? This has got to happen. You're right by Willie's chicken shack. You're like, don't you just kind of slink in? I mean, I really like, uh, I like the, 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 just the confidence of this guy to come in and tell everyone what he's going to do. Yeah. I mean, even if it was the innocence of just the bowel movement, as he said, quote unquote. Would you really announce it to the manager? <laughs> I, That's a good I, point. I would not. I would make it a very simple, subtle question. Where's your restroom, sir? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And how you really got to look around that much? How big is Willie's Chicken Shack? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Look around. Go in. It's Willie's Chicken's but, Palace. It might be hard to find. Then you got to. Then you got to slink out without buying anything, right? Yeah, you know, right. yeah. Hope nobody goes in there for a while. I, I mean, maybe he deserves some kind of small fine or something for just being a jerk and explaining what he was going to do. I don't know. But this opens up a huge etiquette area. And as you know, Dan, of course, in, in the old podcast, we were yeah, the we arbiters did. of all etiquette questions. Ed, we were your etiquette but, coaches, life coaches. You know, the, I mean, public restroom is bomb dropping okay. And then carrying this over to Thanksgiving week when a lot of people are visiting family, friends. What, I mean, can you drop a bomb at grandma's house? Or is, are you like way overstepping your bounds and risking being excommunicated from the family? A public restroom? I mean, sure, right? <laughs> the Willie's Chicken Shack on Bourbon Street? <laughs> yeah, you want to sit on that one? Well, I mean, that's your problem, but I don't really think much is expected. <laughs> okay. Now, Grandma's what about, house might What about be. Grandma's house? Yeah, I what do you know. do then? I don't know which Willie Chicken Shack location this is. And let me read this story a little closer. Are you familiar with multiple of them? There are a bunch. Okay. I've never Pete, eaten at Willie's Pete, Chicken do you Shack. Have a, do you have a ruling on my etiquette question? It's it's a good question. I am Canal a uh, I'm a huge advocate of the home game. <laughs> like I don't uh, I don't like to I don't like to do anything on the road. I am a, I'm a <laughs> and I I would personally carry that over, but I don't know if I feel comfortable being the arbiter of others' business. <laughs> like you know, I think that's a, that's a family by family decision. I, I don't I don't feel like uh, I don't feel like we're we're in any position to to judge that, but. Always, uh, always err on the side of caution and never declare your intentions. I think that's the lesson. <laughs> well, from, definitely from yeah, our friend know. in New Orleans from Willie's yeah. Chicken Shack. Like, well, you might your... get arrested. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Your your <laughs> own family may call the cops on you. It's you... the Willie's Chicken Shack on Canal. On I, think ca I have Ooh. eaten there. I think I have been yeah. to Willie's Chicken Shack that's... actually. Yeah, so that goes on Canal. Yeah. That man. It's right by the Marriott, and it's right around the corner from the infamous. Uh, um, oh, what was the diner with? Where the, the you got to double line the seat there. I mean, yeah. What was that? Know? What was the what was the fast food burger joint on Crystal. Bourbon? Where, Crystal. 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 Yeah. 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 Wasn't wasn't there a famous Alabama thing that yeah. happened at Crystal? Oh, yeah, there well, was. Uh, there, yeah, there yeah. was. That's another one that's a we'll keep, we'd have to we have to watch our uh, euphemisms for that. Yeah, we'll be we'll be a little careful anyway. So that. All right. So let's wrap this up. It is Thanksgiving and. um uh, we should give thanks 
for what we are thank, thankful for in college football. And uh, other than our listeners who somehow stick with us and <laughs> let us do this podcast, uh, what are you thankful for, Pete Namel? That's uh, that's a great question. Uh, I okay, think, we'll I start with I... Pat. Or you got it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you start, when that's the first disclaimer out of his mouth, that means I don't have an answer yet. You participated in the text thread today. <laughs> we know that the you... carryover from the text thread to the actual show is sometimes missing with Pete. Right. So, Pat, what are you to, thankful for? I'm happy to jump in. Here's what I'm thankful for. Yes, I'm thankful for all of our questionably tasteful loser, listeners who who do listen to us. I am question. Or I'm thankful for all of the uh, the lunatics that give us crazy headlines that we can laugh about on this show. But from a football standpoint, I am particularly thankful for our Thanksgiving Day game that we play in the park here with the family, the friends. It is always bad football. There is always a threat of a terrible injury. But we have a great time. We play. So far, we've escaped with, I think, what, guys? A broken finger and maybe a pulled calf muscle that was blamed on being shot in the back of the leg? That's a long story. Uh, But, no, it's a great time to get together and actually play football ourselves. I'm now old and fat and slow. Um, I can still throw decently, but I can't run patterns very well or cover worth a darn. Uh, So that is my my football thing I am thankful for this Thanksgiving. Call with any Pete? Yeah, I'm. I'm right. thankful for uh, a lot of the things Pat said. Certainly thankful for people listening, especially since we're past the hour mark in this podcast. So I'm probably thankful <laughs> for the traffic that's making yeah. people, or the or the Long flight drive. delay that's uh, that's putting people in the position where they're still listening post crystal uh, crystal implosion. But uh, <coughs> I'm 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 thankful every week we get a good slate of games to watch, and that there is generally. A uh, you know, there's there's always a little bit of little little something that spins off that might be a little quirky that gives us uh, gives us a little bit of fodder. So uh, it's been a fun fun season. Look forward to it closing strong. All right, I am thankful, believe it or not, for the college football playoff. Yeah, baby. Uh, now it needs to get better, but man, is it superior to the BCS? Because consider this: if we still had the BCS. Notre Dame would be on the verge of going 12-0 and and not having a shot to play for the title if Clemson and Alabama went out as expected, which means we would have endless whining and debating and yelling about how they need to join a conference or have a 13th data point or strength of schedule between Clemson and, and Notre Dame and how Notre Dame doesn't play any 1-A teams or FCS and how – the AP pollsters might go renegade and give them number one anyway, and all of our heads would be hurting right now. <laughs> Painful. We yeah. do not have that. If nothing else, Notre Dame can win all of its games and get a chance to play. Clemson, Alabama, everyone do that. I earlier listed a bunch of games that still matter. That is because we have a four-team playoff. If we had the BCS, like nothing would matter. There'd be five games left in the whole entire season that have any relevance to anything. Everything else would just be a waste of time. Season would be horrible with the BCS. So we don't have that. So thank you. I'm very I'm thankful we don't have to listen to Bill Hancock spin it anymore either. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> this is the best system we could come up with yeah. because of the bowl experience. Yeah. Like, there will yeah. be no playoff until all of a sudden he's up there standing there. We are having a playoff. I'll never we literally that. would have no games under a 10 point. Like nothing would matter this weekend, practically. Yeah. Can you, like, I, oh. I think it would have to be the first time ever Notre Dame would be undefeated and out of the title con- consideration. Out. Yeah, just out. So uh, at least we do not have that. All right. Before we get out of here, we want to give listeners a chance to be part of the show. So we're going to start reading our favorite listener reviews. We'll do another on Monday. For the over or for the overaction Monday, if we read your review on the podcast, we will send you Yahoo Sports swag, T-shirts, hats, koozies, plus something of value, an Amazon gift card. Uh, to leave a review, search for the Yahoo Sports College Podcast in the Apple Podcast app. <laughs> Click on Write a Review. It is that simple. Must be five stars. Not letting any four star slackers in. Uh, a dude named Last Hope or somebody named Last Hope for the Cunninghams won last week. Uh, I know they're doing well. Uh, also, the Yahoo Sports College podcast is hitting the road. That's right. 
We are going to be at the National Championship Weekend in San Jose. Me, Pat, Pete, the whole crew, we want you to join us. Uh, it's going to be Friday, January 4th in downtown San Jose, which is fan central for the National Championship Weekend. Not far from San Jose State. Uh, the live show is free. We have prizes. We have giveaways. You get to see your favorite podcast hopes, hosts. I guess that's us. Live that's, and That's in me. I don't know about you. We will be... <laughs> presumably we'll be alive um i think that's ambitious but we'll take it for our national championship preview show we're gonna have a listener q a after after the podcast uh space is limited so keep subscribing to the podcast so you do not miss upcoming announcements with details on how to reserve your spot come to san jose and hang out with us it will be fun i promise that have a fun thanksgiving drive safe thank you for listening especially for this entire thing uh, we will talk to you on – well, we got Race for the Case. No, Race for the Case coming also Yeah. Uh, this week. So do that, and then uh, we'll be back Monday also. Have a Dan, great I just have to add one more thing. Oh, it yeah. Just, the news just broke while you were in your uh, goodbye monologue. UMass and Coach Mark Whipple are parting ways, according to Bruce Feldman. So well, the UMass Minutemen will need a new coach. I start the campaign to get Wetzel in that chair. I, all right, I let, tell you what, <laughs> let I it let it begin right now. Ryan Bamford, the UMass AD, we want Wetzel and Amherst. Make it happen. Listen, TJ Gasnol is kicking around Western Mass. He is no longer have a basketball role. <laughs> He'd be a good special teams coach. <laughs> he and I will break every NCAA rule. So we are going to win. <laughs> we are also getting the death penalty. Give me a shot. We're going to Which would jukes. be the best thing you We're could go- do for your alma mater because they don't need football there anyway. So. Actually, you don't. We'd be like, let's shut this thing down and put all the money into hockey. Blaze of glory. There you go. We would go down in a blaze of glory. I know a lot of underhanded people around this country in football. <laughs> I can get you players. So that's it. I honestly don't think they can afford me. What does that job pay? Like 30 like grand? Four, like 450 yeah. An hour? <laughs> all right go umass you need help uh how many games did they win this year um Three, two, you know they one. weren't like completely awful this year they, they beat uconn yes they did they did beat uconn and they that. had a couple uh everyone couple, beat uconn maine we get we get do they get on maine <laughs> they, they beat them <laughs> They have a I don't think they record. can handle URI anymore. Maine is. They no, I think go they ahead. beat URI. Let's see yeah. here. Uh, four and eight this season. Four and eight. You must right, make a change. Four and eight. On. Four and eight. Beat Duquesne. Or... Beat Charlotte. Beat Connecticut. Beat Liberty. And my players will be encouraged to hit on the opposing dance teams. <laughs> there will be no suspensions for anything. The hell we're going to drug test. <laughs> we'll be fine. We'll be fine. All right. Take care, everyone.